0: Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, not going to lie, I'm pretty excited for this Saturday. <laughs> Me too.
1: Definitely. After last year, after last
0: week, it should be fun. Yeah, it's been a while since I think, you know, maybe, I don't know if there was a single moment last year that that this level of excitement was, you know, because the season went off the rails so quickly. You you probably got to go back to like the peak of Tyler mania for, uh, um, kind of a game with this much hype around Miami. I've, I've seen some people throw out the comparison, maybe to the Notre Dame game from 2017. I'm not sure we're quite there that that team was on a roll, but, um, biggest game in a while at hard rock. I mean, you can like, they're not hiding it. Um, right after the game on, uh, last Friday, Dan Radakovich Mm -hmm. came down to the media, the press conference room and it's like, Hey, we got to get the basically trying to get the word out that we need to sell all these tickets. Um, So uh, exciting times in Miami gardens. Um, Obviously the opponent coming into town this weekend, uh, a huge part of that. And we will talk about that uh, at the back half of the episode, but obviously um, it had to start with Miami, right? It had, if Miami had played the way they played, Against some of the bad teams they played last year, um, last Friday. I don't know if the hype would have been the same way, but Miami looked, I don't know, I thought really good on um Friday night. Again, it's a it's a Mac good. opponent, but um, I thought there was a, a lot to like just in terms of like you know, they had some penalties on offense, but the defense played a really clean game. Tyler did more than it's enough really and not at control. Yeah, and some of the, the strengths we thought this team were gonna have like that, that was the strength of the the team on uh, last week.
1: Yes. uh, Agree. It was a, it was a nice game. uh, And they were, they were uh, in control. Um, You know, they didn't, they didn't do what I loved is the defense. You know, we were talking about when, for example, when uh, I mean, they didn't do stupid things for the most part. Yeah. Pretty much totally i know i know uh lt was was flagged for uh unsportsmanlike conduct i think he was arguing with an official and mario didn't like that but we, we <laughs> i'm sure mario liked that you know that uh that the defense played well as a right. whole yeah. uh, and everything i actually the offensive line came through incredible running and uh incredible running game that was so nice to see and um there was one pick that was that was a mistake, but um, otherwise it was it was a pretty darn good game for an opener.
0: Yeah, we we were going to run through basically three things we like from week one, um, and then maybe three things that concern mm-hmm. us for the Texas A&M game. Um, we got a couple other topics we'll hit on as we go through, but um, to me, like the number one thing I liked from week one is how clean that defense looked. Um, every basically every like you mentioned the pick. Um, I mentioned they had a couple drives that. Stalled out and ended up ending in field goals because I think they had a false start at one point, or um, Francis Mangoa had a hold at one point that kind of yes. derailed a drive, yeah. Um, so you know, that's the stuff you got to clean up, and, and especially if you want to compete at the highest level and compete for the ACC championship game, which uh suddenly looks much more doable <laughs> than it did uh five it days does. ago. It um, does. uh, that's the stuff you got to clean up. Obviously, it's the kind of stuff you got to clean up, clean up if you're gonna beat Texas M um but the defense that was like as clean a game as the defense has played in a long time I I, I don't you know, I haven't seen the numbers I don't I don't always look at the PFF stuff and but did not feel like a lot of missed tackles in the game right I was just um, gonna
1: say that David that's yeah. the, the you know the first game I I mean and it perhaps it will it will happen this game because they're you know they're up against a much better opponent but usually tackling is really iffy the first game for all teams and they really did a good job tackling you know they they did their assignments i think there was good communication the linebackers were better Mm -hmm. uh and just uh yeah agree on the defense again yep
0: yeah the like the stuff you kind of look or the stuff i kind of look for in a lot of ways is like you know the tack like you said the tackling um the you know, they, it, I don't, I'm trying to pull up the numbers. Trying to uh,
1: freelance a lot, stuff like that. Over- yeah, they, not a lot of big
0: busts, right? They didn't give up a lot of big plays. I mean, you think, right. obviously, the, the Middle Tennessee game, that was basically the whole story in that game and why they lost that game. Um, You know, obviously, they, they only allowed three points. Like, that's good itself. But it wasn't like, the, it wasn't like, you know, some, re- even some really good Miami defense have been kind of boomer bust, right? It's like you need sacks, you need picks, you need, whatever to you know, fumbles to um you know put together a, a big game right you might give up a couple of touchdowns but it's fine because you, you get a couple of interceptions and set up your offense. Um this was just like uh, like I said a clean game like the they had the one fifteen yard penalty on, on Leonard Taylor really kind of a meaning like you know late in the game already right, right. So I think it was in the second half. Um and yeah just just not not a ton of huge plays. Um I don't know they kind of checked all the boxes. I thought they the defensive line, you know, Trafari Harvey had a sack. Um, you know, we, the defensive line was kind of as good as we thought it was going to be. Leonard Taylor, I thought was was really good, even though his production wasn't huge. Um, and the linebackers, I mean, Francisco Mango is the guy we were really excited about. I mean, he was he was awesome in that game. Um, and obviously, Wesley Bissaint had a sack, didn't even start. They ended up with KJ Cloyd. So um, a couple spot that that's the spot, I think, more than any other where I'm like, oh, OK, this we, we were excited about how much better the linebacker group might be. Um, and we saw it right away. Um, and I think the way they played where I said, like I said, a clean game, good tackling, all that kind of stuff. That that's a, a big product of having um, linebackers that uh, just can like really anchor the middle of your defense.
1: Yes. And we'll talk about on the other side, right. What we want to see improvement. So right. we can talk about the defense more than but uh, for, for what I, you know, what jumps out at me is the running game.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. That's definitely the uh, for offense. Like to me, the two things that stood out, like the running game is obvious. The defense I thought was obvious, but yeah, the running game. Um, yeah. You, go ahead. There, there's a lot to talk about with the running game. Uh, One in that group was awesome. Yeah. There's four guys it, who looked really good at various points.
1: Yeah. I loved it. I love, oh my God, that they rotated those four guys. And how evenly they rotated them. Three guys got nine carries apiece. And one of them, I guess Don Cheney Jr., got eight carries. Um, Think about that. I mean, that that's just beautiful. And they all were really good. You know, Henry Parrish started like we thought he would. Mm-hmm. And he had 90 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mark Fletcher Jr., a f- true freshman. Wow, is he good. You covered him in high school. He is incredible, man. He had... 76 yards and a touchdown, uh, and then who, who we oh AJ Allen oh AJ Allen had 47 yards and no touchdown. He's the yep. Nebraska transfer, and Don Cheney Jr. coming back from two really sad seasons with injuries that just totally derailed almost his entire season. So last two years, mm-hmm. he he had 38 yards and scored a touchdown, and I love the touchdown. Yeah right he kind of barreled through defenders and um he was very determined i guess while he was yeah. running
0: they, they pretty much all had like one at least one great moment everyone had a you know the everyone had a rush for at least 16 yards um cheney had the 20 yard touchdown run um fletcher obviously scored that uh long touchdown run too and was like untouched on that run and, and henry Parrish i thought had like it's hard to say like the biggest play of the game in a game that was 38 nothing but you know, kind of the biggest play of the game where, you know, at halftime it was still close. Um, it
1: was close. It was, I
0: think, 13-3 at the time. And yeah. Miami, I think that was maybe where Francis had his penalty. They, they, like, they lost a big There's play.
1: There's a 26-yard Jacoby, uh, George. Yeah, there was a long Cassidy. pass that got called back for a penalty. Yeah. All of a
0: sudden Miami's backed up around midfield. Um, and they're in that zone where it's like, all right, are we just going to run it and run the clock out? Um, right. And that's kind of what they do basically saying, all right, we're going to give Parrish the ball once we'll see if he can break one. And maybe we can get three points out of this or, or getting into in range to take one more shot. And, um, he bounces outside. And I think that was his longest run of the game, right? The 37 yard run down the left sideline. And, and it turns a, um, 10 point game into a, a two touchdown game at halftime. And, um, Miami obviously pulls away from there. Um, yeah, like the biggest play of the game and and the most impressive offensive. That or, Jacole, or Colby Young's touchdown right off the bat. Those were like kind of the two most impressive plays of the game. Um, Parrish, I mean, we, I, I, we've said it a lot. Like, he was kind of like under-discussed, I think, maybe a little bit in the preseason because every one of those other three running backs kind of had a more interesting story, whether it's Fletcher right. as the freshman, Allen as the transfer coming off an injury, Chaney and all his injuries, but Parrish was like rock solid. Um, Fletcher, I mean, like he was untouched on that touchdown run, so You don't get to see the full package there, but like, I mean, you just look at him run in a college football game. Like he looks like an NFL running back already. Um, Allen was good. And and Cheney, who, you know, Cheney was clearly fourth in the pecking order. I think he only had like three carries until like garbage until Emery Williams came in. Right. Um, but they gave him the ball a lot at the end. And that touchdown run where he runs over guys, like that's his role. And um, you know, Parrish and, and Allen seem like they're kind of more like the speed guys. Uh-huh. Fletcher and Cheney kind of the power guys. You know, are we going to see every game with all of these guys getting eight plus carries? Probably not. There's going to be some games where one guy's red hot and gets it the whole time, or one game where they don't have just enough plays to get, or they throw a lot so there's not enough to get, not enough carries to go around. But uh, I mean, they've clearly got four capable guys, and
1: smart, so smart that yeah. they 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 divided it the carries like that yeah and they give them all a chance
0: keeps everyone happy gives them all a chance
1: everyone happy everyone loving each other and everyone compete. you know wanting more kind of thing and and this by the way the other thing that i really you know that was impressive to me goes along with the running game and that's the offensive line that opened up the holes what a pleasure uh to see um's offensive line um look good (laughs) basically um yeah, that was really nice. I mean, we kept hearing about him, and yep. uh, and we, I, I did, I did, I did, I never doubted. That's the one part I didn't doubt because of uh, Mario Cristobal, and he's the offensive line guy. Uh, you know, so and Alex Mirabal is a really good coach. So uh, I kind of knew that it was going to be that way. But it was so nice to see, right? So that kind of goes with the uh, the opening up the rushing yards. Um, yeah. Yeah, I
0: mean, and you can see how much they like that offensive line because they had two other linemen play tight end just so they could get more linemen on the field. Matthew McCoy and uh, the other five-star freshman, Samson Okunlola, both wearing those jersey numbers in the 80s. We're all trying to figure out who's out there. Um, I mean, they did it with Inez Cooper early last year before he wound up being a um, a starter. I mean, that just goes to show i think how much miami likes this group um and you know i as far as blocking goes they, they were really good um i think francis's hold was the only holding penalty they had um
1: yeah that was a, that actually uh, and then a
0: couple false starts that would be like the one thing that yeah um, there were they had the one starts. where uh matt lee was on the wrong everyone went but the center um uh, and as <laughs> cooper had a couple like it, those, those are like Again, we're we're kind of picking nits. They're the kind of nits you got to pick, though, when you're about to play a top twenty-five team, uh, like they are this weekend. But yeah, just in terms of like how they like opened up holes for the run game and protected Tyler to you know what? No sacks, right, for Tyler. So no
1: sacks for um, Tyler. Yeah, yeah one. I mean, a,
0: a clean game, other than those handful of penalties.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really good, and I and I think it's actually helpful that they had some penalties because they need things to go over. Yeah. you know and to kind of teach the guys you know teaching moments stuff and I, I i really do think that's important and they won the game handily yet they still could go over some mistakes they made they certainly weren't perfect
0: yeah um the number yeah. three thing i liked from week one um i think might be clemson losing because oh. as we mentioned that opens the door for great. a lot um you know it florida state looked awesome like they're the clear i, I think even you know, even if Clemson won that game like normally, like they would have come out of the weekend as the clear favorite out of the ACC. Um, but that number two spot, like it's wide open at this point. Um, Clemson, you know, I, I've seen like people like kind of tweeting out the like statistical like where the how the odds moved from, uh huh, like or, like, wins projections and how they moved out of the weekend. Obviously, Florida State is the overwhelming number one. And, and Clemson, not just because of them losing, but because of kind of how bad they looked have, like, plummeted down, like, some oh, of the power lose. rankings and yeah. statistical analysis things. Like, um, you know, mm-hmm. I think North Carolina, obviously, like, kind of handled South Carolina. Um, yeah. But otherwise, like, I mean, Miami, I mean, the you got to feel like if you win this weekend all of a sudden you've got a ton of momentum. Um obviously we got a couple of weeks before ACC play starts, but um you know, th- that's why that's why this is a huge game for Miami. One because one's last like oh. like it would be easily the biggest win of the Mario Cristobal era, but also because all of a sudden the ACC feels as open as it has been for Miami in and like 5 years.
1: Yeah. Oh, no doubt. And, and if, you know, if they win this game, I, I, you know, then they've got Bethune-Cookman and that should yep. be a win. That's three and O. Then they go to Temple in Philadelphia. I would assume that's a win. You know, I, I, I haven't even looked at Temple, but I know they had a lousy year last year. I think they would be Temple, which they should, that's four and O. And then they have their ACC opener against Georgia Tech. And at that point point, um, and Georgia Tech is not supposed to be very good yeah. either. So that's if they beat jordan i'm really getting ahead of myself i but know, I know. <laughs> they could if i guess what i'm trying to say is if they win saturday they could be it's it's definitely not be on the stretch to think that they could be five and oh after five games
0: yeah and then they'll then be you go to north carolina and then, all then of a sudden it's right. the biggest game and then at north carolina it shape shapes up to be oh huge the biggest game in and then a really they have then they Miami. have north
1: yeah, then they have North Carolina and Clemson. And the thing is, I don't like Clemson, looks so bad. I I'm agree. not writing them off. I can't write them off yet, but they, I know they had two, the thing is, they, I mean, how many times uh, did they, they fumble had, inside the five yard line? Inside the one yard line, I think, <laughs> didn't they twice or yeah. I don't fumble this? I mean, you know, really. Two
0: kicks blocked. Yeah, it was like, it was, they were terrible, but it was also like they were out of three plays away from winning that game
1: yeah it's so hard it's... to believe they would be that bad but I yeah. you know so they're gonna we got to see how they how they come back how they rebound yeah. that's going to be really important but yeah. anyway yes I agree everything we've said has been good anything um, we're concerned well, about well should we, before let's we'll pivot yeah. over to
0: Texas A&M real quick but just anything else smaller that we didn't mention that stood out to you from the weekend that was um, I don't know a pleasant surprise or a nice little confirmation anything like that
1: just no freshmen did well. I mean, yeah,
0: every, every, a lot of freshmen played. I mean, we were yeah, tracking 14, that the whole night. Mario's,
1: Mario said 15. I, yeah. And it was like seven
0: 14. got me, you know, like a bunch of guys came in late. Like Bobby, I saw like Bobby Washington, I think had a tackle. Like that's nice, but it was in the fourth quarter of a blowout. Like, I think it was for, like guys who played meaningful yeah. snaps you had obviously Fletcher, Mongoa yeah. uh, Lola, um, Ray, Ray, Joseph, um right you got well, had one touch he had one touch um yeah, reuben right. bain who was, looked good um almost got a sack on that first safari harvey sack um dylan uh, Joyce, Joyce, brown obviously dylan joyce the punter he did okay um, he did okay yeah he was good he had like a yeah. almost 50 yard punt at one point so yeah, that was did. your big concern coming into the year so it uh, was it's was, still it was my concern, concern. Um, let's see what
1: happens when you got big guys running after him. Yeah.
0: Um, the other okay. one other thing I would say is the offense, the wide receivers. I know it was Miami of Ohio, and like you're gonna get open more. And oh, they didn't hit, drop but no drops, no drops. And you know, like Colby Young, he had that one turn the screenplay into a, a 44 yard 44, touchdown. Yep. Um, Jacoby George had yeah. 50 plus yards, plus, as we said, he had a, another long one that got called back. Um, those three guys that we were excited about, like they all, um, they look pretty good, I thought, for the most part. You know, you'd like to see a couple more guys make some plays. Um, you know, maybe Ray Ray breaks one at some point or or Brashard Smith. Brashard Smith had a good kicker turn to start the yes, game. He did. Um really that was nice good. to see. Um, but you know, obviously that's a kind of position group that's gonna get tested a lot more Saturday against an SEC opponent than it will against a Mac opponent when the team's just fat, yeah. bigger, faster, stronger. But um I, I I I was pretty pleased with what we saw from the receivers
1: too. Yeah. I, everything is true it's just overall a good game
0: okay um, let's move on to Texas A&M um, and we said all the stuff we like about Miami now let's say the stuff that maybe concerns us a little bit for yeah. this weekend um, what, what's at the top of your list about like what you've got an eye on for Miami this weekend
1: um... you ready Showtime. Well, I think, well, the top of my list is the UM defensive line has to get more pressure on uh, Connor Wegman, mm-hmm. um, who had uh, an amazing game, the Texas a quarterback. He's a sophomore. Uh, he threw for five touchdowns last week. And he threw, I believe, it, he threw just in yesterday's game, excuse me, last week's game, He threw five explosive passes. He he threw five passes for over 20 yards. And in the five games, he he was not the original starter last year at all. But Mm -hmm. in the five games he played last year as a freshman, um, he threw five total total in all those games over 20 yards. The first game, um, you know, this this past week uh, against New Mexico, they won 52-10. He threw five passes um of over 20 yards um he's very good yeah former very five-star
0: good. recruit too so like big pedigree, yes. all that kind of stuff
1: yeah yeah as uh Lance Gidry said he looks like a five-star and um UM has to get like uh, I asked Branson Dean this week uh defensive tackle starting defensive tackle for Miami what they have to do And he said, we've got to, you know, be in his face. We got to be in Connor Wegman's face. We got to get to him. We got to touch him, knock him down a little. Um, They have to. Um, And I don't know, that concerns me. It does because, I mean, UR has a great rotation. Um, They do have a great rotation, but um, that is, that's concerning because this kid's really good. And by the way, um, they have two, two, two receivers that are really, really good. I just, I just, I just wrote this. I, I, you know, they have, uh, they have this guy, uh, Evan Stewart, right?
0: Yeah. Maybe going to be like the best number one receiver in the draft next year.
1: Yeah. He had eight catches last week for 115, one, one, five yards and two touchdowns. And then the other kid is six, six and 200 pounds. He's a sophomore also Noah Thomas. He had six catches for 74 yards and three touchdowns. So really you've got us, it, 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 by the way, did I say my number one concern is the defensive line? Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's UM cornerbacks. I, I it's, it actually, I'm more concerned about the UM cornerbacks. Yeah. Um, defending those, those receivers. Um, because it's not that they had a bad game last game, but they're, You know they're either new. You know they're either transfers or they're they're all new kind of or or young. Um, lost their two starting cornerbacks and um, yeah. I think, I think that's a concern. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Yeah. Um. I'll start. I agree. Those kind of probably are like one and two on the list. Um. I'll start with the defensive line because as much as we talked about how much we like this defense, uh, they only had three sacks on Friday. Um, one was by Jafari Harvey, I think on the first drive of the game. Um, another was by Wesley Bessaint on a blitz where he was just completely untouched. And then the other one was in garbage time, Bobby Washington and Ryan Ragone combined for one. Um, so, you know, you need more from the defensive line. Again, I know it's, it's Miami of Ohio. Like it's, you know, you don't want to read too, too much into a game like that, but, um, yeah, no, you but- need those guys to get home, right? Like we yeah. only had three in that game and really only one by the D line. And if we think tackles- the D line's supposed to be the strength of the team, um yeah, yeah they got they gotta do a little bit more. Yeah, you have six the- tackles for loss again, one by Harvey, one by Dean. Yeah,
1: they need more. You're the UM, we're used to the UMD line getting like 12 tackles for loss, yeah, exactly stuff like that. They need the, more. The defensive more line is
0: not super productive in terms of a
1: In the the backfield,
0: in the backfield. Packers for loss, pass rush. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, yeah, there's a lot, I think, to improve there.
1: What about Uh, the DBs? I'm really, I'm really worried about that one. I am. I'm more worried about the DBs. Yeah, I mean, I'm more
0: worried about the DBs because I don't have, a, you know, because they're less proven. Like the D-line, I think, can, you know, would it surprise me if they have like a five sack game on Saturday? Not really, because I think we think they have that kind of talent. Um, the DBs is right. still just like unproven. Right. Um, you know, I think they only gave up four plays longer than 20 yards on uh, Friday, which is, you know, okay. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like they just haven't been tested yet. Like we, I, that's a group. I don't think we learned a lot about. No. Um, and,
1: and, 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 you know, that Bobby Petrino, Bobby yeah. Petrino, who's the new offensive coordinator for Texas A&M he's going to dial it up. He's going to, he's going to have something that's going to confuse the U.M. secondary. I have this Mm -hmm. feeling. So we'll see. Um, We'll see what happens, but yeah, that's a definite concern. And what, what's another concern? I have another one too. What's your third one. You're going to laugh. Well, as much as I like the U.M. O-line, I'm just, maybe it's not as much a, it's concerned. It's a. I'm wondering how they're going to do against a very big uh, Texas A&M defensive line, and that's what they're kind of known for. You know, the Aggies, and um, this will be this will be the offensive line's first real big test. Okay, yeah. I, I guess we can put it that way. Not their first test, but first real big test in every way. So I'm a little. I'm, yeah. I mean, if they're maybe they're going to do some original things, some different things that confuse UM, the UM's a line I don't know, but um, little I'm a little concerned about that part. What about you? Yeah, I think that, and,
0: um, you know, Tyler, again, I think we were both pretty pleased with the way he looked on um, on last Friday, but it wasn't like he was incredible, right? You know, he did what he had to yeah. do through one throw- interception that he would definitely like to have back. Um, they're probably going to need him to be like great to beat Texas A&M, right? They need him, you know, he doesn't need to be like pits, like the Pittsburgh game where he threw for 450 yards or whatever, a couple of years ago, but um, they're going to need, they, they won. They really won on last week with their running game, right? The, those guys, oh, for totally, sure. those guys won the game, you know, the passing attack didn't have to do much. Obviously, they, they got at it right off the bat. Right. Um, but they need Tyler to be like, you know, he needs to throw for like 250, 275, 300 yards, probably to be Texas AM.
1: Well, um, he needs to throw some f- deep passes. Yeah. He needs I to mean, make big
0: plays, right? Like they, need- they
1: were, he was, yeah.
0: I mean, the touchdown was, again, a screen pass that um, Colby Young broke. And they're going to do a lot of that. That's what the air raid's all about, those quick passes. And I thought, like, that, I mean, it was that first drive where they were just doing those quick throws, like, looked really good to me and and it's the kind of stuff they didn't have in their offense last year. And then, you know, in, in some ways similar to the Rhett Lashley offense, even though that's not air raid, but just, you know, quick throws guys in space, but you know, the, the kind of one shot he took was the interception. So. well,
1: He um, he, he may, I, I put this in my advance, my, my preview, he, he only attempted, he attempted only two passes um, of 20 plus yards. He only attempted two passes. One of them was a pick. Right? Yeah. And the and other the was at the other a really good throw
0: to Restrepo. Xavier. Yeah yeah,
1: on the right side, I think a 26 yarder. And yep. then he threw the pick with the other. He only attempted two. And now the other quarterback throws five over 20 yards. I mean, he completed. I don't even know how many threw completed. Um, so I I agree with you. Now, Tyler, what he said made sense to us. He talked about that and he said, Look, uh you know, shannon dawson loves the offensive coordinator loves to throw deep in fact shannon dawson told us on monday that the pick was his fault that he got greedy and he he just he like had no self-control basically and uh just said ah what the hell i'm through it yeah you know and he said no no he can't do that you know he learned from that he's got to like you know if, if it's not there don't do it he said that's the thing he's learned after 20 something years of coaching or whatever that the most important thing is just to win. So however you do it. And Tyler said, look, it, that Miami of Ohio was playing super deep. Okay. So, and they were giving yes. them the flats. That's how they hit all and, those flats early and then right. make, make him throw underneath. So go with what they give you. And that's, that's what, what
0: I like. loved about Tyler's performance was like that he gave him like he took what the defense gave him. And, and I think, and wasn't uh,
1: impatient, maybe. And I think, I, you know, maybe, I think maybe even
0: last year, like, and and probably even the year he was good. He, you know, he likes to take his deep shots. Um, so that was a, you know, a nice little bit of maturity. But again, what makes Tyler great is his ability to make those long throws. Um, and, you know, they're going to have to make some to beat Texas a and
1: And by the way, by the way, Tyler had that splint or whatever it was yes, on, on his, his finger pointer and his index finger of his throwing ha- of his right hand. So, I mean, I'm sorry, you don't have a, you don't have that if you're a hundred percent. Right.
0: We don't know how, to what degree he's compromised and maybe do you know, what, maybe it'll be, what percentage better he'll be this weekend. Right. Like it presumably will only get better. Um, yeah. cause you know, they didn't have him. It's not like he had to throw 45 passes on, um, last week, which is a good thing. So,
1: yeah, I, I, I would assume he's going to be better.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's only going to get better. And, um, you know he didn't get hit either, right? It's not like he got
1: hit. <laughs> his finger is going to be better. Wrestling.
0: yeah, 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 right. That's yeah, yeah. he's only going to get healthier. Yeah, um exactly. He and he didn't get hit, right? He wasn't falling on his hand or anything. So, no. um, a clean game. I'm sure they've given him, kept him on a pitch count a little bit as he's staying healthy in practice. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this weekend. Um, you know, I I, I wouldn't be surprised with kind of any outcome in it. I, I think Miami. They, they like answered a lot of questions just in terms of, you know, there have been some games where they won early in the year in recent years, but it was like sloppy, right? Or like, you know, missing tackles and they have to win, you know, they, it's fine because the other teams just can't score in the red zone. But, um, it was as clean like an early season way. It was a, probably the cleanest game they've played in the Mario Cristobal era, right? Just in terms of like, um, you know, like not a lot. I can't remember any three and outs, right. It was like every, every drive was every drive on offense. Some of them stalled because of penalties, but they were at least moving. And then on defense, like just kind of like no mistakes basically.
1: And now uh for this game there, what's interesting is the point spread has gone down. It's now narrow to four points. I looked at it today and those point spreads are pretty accurate. Usually. Yeah. No, so, I haven't looked at the over/under actually, but um, it's Miami's the underdog by four points, and uh, I, I don't bet. But if I did, I wouldn't touch this one. Yeah, I, that's, I would that's not touch this one. four
0: points. That's a that's, no. that's a danger zone right there.
1: That's um, danger zone. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, everybody thinks it's going to be a close game. Put it that way. I don't know if it's going to be a good game, but it's going to be a close game. And I yeah. love that it's in Hard Rock. I mean, if
0: last year is any indication, right? I mean, that game comes down to basically a fumbled punt and some yeah. bad red zone offense. Um, yeah. Miami easily could have won Terrible. that game. Now, both teams, I think, look better now than they did this time last year, which is is a good thing. I think for both. everyone. But and by the
1: way, both finished five and seven.
0: Right. Exactly. Both teams like want well, they stunk last year, so um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I the rosters are similar, right, for the most part. The Obviously, same coaches, although the coaching staffs have changed significantly. But um, if last year is any indication, it'll be at least a competitive one. Last year's game, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a good game, but it was a competitive game. Um, and I have You're to screwed. think this one's going to be too. Okay, um, we can close things out there. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at s smillardegnan. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at db wilson 2 We will both be out at Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Um, for the biggest home game of the year so far for Miami, the biggest home game of the Mario Cristobal era so far um, so it's going to be a good one, be sure to check out the Miami Herald all weekend because we'll have lots of coverage on that game there um, but we'll be back next week, um, until then, thanks for listening uh, we'll talk to you guys later